But I just wanted to share just a little bit and finish maybe our, our, our faith. And I knew, I knew as we went through all, uh, July that God was dealing with me in, in, in my life as we continued to do this. This is the biggest thing that we've done here at Victory as far as money and raising funds at one time, $100,000. It's obviously the biggest thing that I've been through as we've done this too. And, uh, you know, I just, I knew God was, was teaching me and speaking to me. And on Wednesday nights, we talked about David and being positioned. And we talked about Gideon and, and his mentality that he had to believe that he was who God said he was. And we talked about Peter and, and, and although he was impetuous and he was the, quick to speak and, and quick to act and do things and not always right, uh, but he was bold in the end. He made a few mistakes, but he was bold and he didn't back down from what he knew was the truth. And we've talked about on Sundays, revolutionary faith. And we've talked about enthusiastic faith. And today we talk about focused faith. You know, as we head towards this thing that's coming at the end of this week, we have to be focused in what God told us and what God showed us. And, and it wasn't just me. It wasn't Pastor Bill. You know, it was us as a church. You know, and we believe that this is what God is calling us to do. And that we're going to remain focused until the very last day and the very last moment we're speaking that we have $100,000 that is going to come in. At this point, I think we're about forty grand that's either on the way in a check or in, in the account at this moment. So that's good stuff. Praise God. 60000 bucks. Give the Lord a hand. I'm glad we got forty grand. we are just on our way. We're just on our way. Sixty grand, six days. 10000 a day, Brad. So that's all you got to do, bro. It's an easy, easy task for you. But uh, just get it. Just be, be led by the Spirit of God. And what he might have. Pastor Pam was excited. She couldn't hardly wait to get home, as she said earlier. She said, I just remembered. God spoke to me, this lady. That if I, but I just got to get, get the stuff to her. Because I know God. I know God is going to touch her heart. And I know she, she'll want to be involved in what's going on. You may know somebody like that. You may have somebody like that. Do it. Send it out. Give them a flyer. Talk, talk to them. Share with them what's happening. Do what God puts in your heart to do. As we went through revolutionary faith, we talked about the great ideas and the new ideas and the things that, that God's putting in our heart. That they'll, they'll be completely different than anything that you may have thought of before, that he may have spoke to you before. I mean, it's going to be something that's new. And with that, it takes great faith. It takes revolutionary faith to be part of a revolution. The people who came to this country had to believe that what they had in their heart was from God and that it was real. And that they would give their life for it. And the main thing that we got out of that, and we see last week in enthusiastic faith, and we'll see again today in focused faith, that the the things that God puts in your heart, the things that he he takes you to, aren't just for you today, but you have to be willing to do them, to walk the hard road, to to be disciplined, to, to give up stuff, to go through some storms, to go through some trials, to give up your life for a cause that you may never reap the benefit of. That there are people that are tied to you in the future. That they're, they're there, and you have got to do what God put in your heart to do. Enthusiastic faith. When you step out in that, there's got to be some bump in your step. There's got to there's be a little joy in your heart. There has to be a little enthusiasm. It says that the violent, in Matthew eleven twelve take it by force. That enthusiastic, energetic folks who go out and fight against. That's who we are in this church. That's who, that's who you are in this church. Enthusiastic, violent, going after the things. See, going, getting out there and playing putt-putt all day. Coming out and volunteering. You might be called this week to come out and take a few, a few hours of your day on Saturday to be part of a table or to greet people or whatever that might be. You're willing to do that. You're here. You're signing up. You want to do it. You want to be a part of what God's doing. We're enthusiastically taking back what the enemy... See, all those people have been through bombings and those kids are orphans because their parents were killed. They were killed or they died. And so the enemy's trying to destroy them and to destroy that seed that God has planted in South Sudan. Yet we're coming against that. 
not just with finances, not just with putt-putt, but in prayer. We're standing for it. If there's anything this church really believes in, it's, it's reaching out and making a difference. It's reaching out and giving of your time and of your finances. It's standing for the Sudan for the last five or six years, been pouring out your heart, been pouring out your money, been pouring out your prayers. You've been the ones who have been standing there claiming the goodness of God for your orphan, been standing out there in the, praying. I see people praying for those kids, thinking about those kids, talking about Pastor Stanley. I mean, that's, that's for the last five or six years, that, that boy, we have stood by what's going on there, doing those things. That's revolutionary, and it's enthusiastic because we're taking back things. But I'll tell you this, and not just for the Sudan, but for you and your life, we have to be focused. The, the enemy will begin to distract you in your life. When you have a cause, when you have a direction, when you have something that God's put in your heart, the enemy will begin to distract you piece by piece and little by little. He pulls on your heartstrings or he pulls on your own reasoning or he pulls on your own feelings. The enemy's smart. He's sly. He knows exactly what to do and how to get you distracted. And it said at the end of last week's service that Solomon asked God for wisdom. And he said, he said you know, I can have anything. God told him, you could have, Solomon, you can have anything, but I want to know what is it that you desire. And he said, I desire beyond all things that you give me knowledge and understanding. Last week we said, get your heart right, get your, get your dress right, and get, get yourself, you know, put on the armor of God, make sure there's no sin in your camp, and then get your head right, get the wisdom of God. Because if you get the wisdom of God, then nothing's going to stop you. See, you've got your head right, there's no sin in your life, man, you are, you are a candidate, man, just, just for God's power to flow through. God's, God's power can't flow through a sinful vessel. It doesn't work. See, his goodness comes through. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus so that you can relate with him and so that he can work through you. And when you got stuff fouled up in your life, that messes that up, and he can't work through you the way that he wants to work through you. But then when you get dressed right, you got your armor on, you can, you can stand up against anything. It says you can stand. That's why you wear the armor. When you've done all you know you to do, you can still stand because you have a firm foundation, but you also have the armor of God. And then when you know the wisdom, you know what you're standing and believing for. And in, in verse 6 of, of 1 Kings chapter 3, and not to go back and redo it, but Solomon said, You've shown me great mercy to your servant, to your servant David, my father, because he walked with you in truth and righteousness and an uprightness of heart. You have continued this great kindness of him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of David, but I am like a little child. I do not know how to go in or to come out. See, I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to go out. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I'm not sure where I'm supposed to go. All of these things have happened. And as we've raised this money, I've heard people say, I don't have any clue as to what to do. I mean, I said I felt like God told me to be a whole coordinator, that I would find $2,000 worth of sponsorships. I talked about the, the Cantwells last night. But, man, they've been out doing all kinds of things. They didn't have somebody come up and give them $2,000, but they've been going from place to place as God led them, and, as he got, and their total's almost to $2,000. They said, God's been good. All, every service we come in, we've got a couple more checks from somebody for the Sudan, and they're just climbing toward that goal. You want to talk about rejoicing? That's being led by the Spirit all the time in everything that they do. Because they didn't have a clue, just like Solomon said. But you get the wisdom of God, and when you have the wisdom of God, then you have a clue. See, when you understand what he's speaking to you and what he's saying to you, you have a clue. We don't like to have to be led every day. We don't like to have to be led at lunch differently than we were in the morning. We, don't like, to, we like to have a plan for this day, the next six weeks, and what's going to happen. But God says, that's awesome. You're going to raise it. And then you say, okay, well, give me the rest of the steps tomorrow. You take care of today. You do what I tell you to do today. And tomorrow I'm going to give you a great idea. None of us like that. I don't like that. That, that, that ruffles my feathers a little bit. But you have to get the wisdom of God and you have to get that, that fresh manna, like we said in January, every day. 
Every day he's going to pour out to you what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go, how you are supposed to go out, how you are supposed to come in. And he said he couldn't do that. And your servant is in the midst of your people who you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give me understanding and a heart to judge so that I may discern between good and evil. And God said, because you have done this, I will give you everything that you have asked. It says in verse 13, and I have also given you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there shall be not anyone like you among all the kings your days. And then he says, so if you will walk in my way. Now, it's not only does he give him the wisdom, but he says, so if you will walk in my ways, if you will follow my wisdom, if you'll do as I ask you to do, to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David did, then I will lengthen your days. He gives him wisdom. He says, I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you knowledge. I'm going to give you a great discerning heart so that you can judge amongst all these people and do what I've called you to do. But you better do what I tell you to do. He says, I'm giving you that. I'm giving you all the riches. I'm giving you all the honor. I'm giving you all of these things. And we think, hot diggity dog, if he would just give me all of that, I will tell you, God, I'll follow you. And he, he said, God said, I'm giving it all to you, but you must follow me. And here's the thing. He goes right on and begins to follow God. And all of a sudden, people begin to see that he is the wisest person in all of the land, that he becomes the richest man in all of the land, that people come in awe of who he is, bringing ships of gold and all of these things. And he's hammering out all the shields of gold and all this stuff. And he's just like, every day, he has to have wisdom on how to build the temple and what to do and how to build his house and how to rule all these people and how to judge between this and that. And all of a sudden, he is becoming this. But here's the thing, he still has to, day by day, follow the statutes, day by day, follow the commandments, day by day, live the wisdom, not just know the wisdom. Because he says, if you do that, I will lengthen your days. But you still can't be chasing after other gods. You still can't be going after other things. You still can't be that kind of person who doesn't listen to me and doesn't follow me. He said, look, you know, not saying it right here, but in general, you know the history. You know the history of these people, how they walked away from God and how their life was miserable, but how someone was raised up as a judge or raised up as a king or somebody who came along the scenes as a prophet or a priest, and they brought the people of Israel back to the thing, back to the wisdom, back to the thing that God said. And he said, you've got to be this guy. You've got to be able to judge these people. You've got to be able to do these things. But I trust you, Solomon. I know that you can. And because you ask for wisdom and not riches and the heads of all your enemies and all those things, I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to grant it to you. But don't you get all distracted. Don't you run off. Don't you get into other things. Don't you follow other gods. Don't you chase other stuff. You come after what I, you be honest, man. You come before me and I'll give you the wisdom and then you go out and do it. And if you will, then, then I, will, I, I will give you the length of days. I will give you everything. You, you, your life will be unbelievable. And if you read about it for these chapters, all of a sudden it is. I mean, it's like you keep going through First Kings and you keep reading these, and it's like, wow, he, he really is that kind of person. He has confidence now because God has given him all these things. And then he, distingu- he takes the baby and he's, you know, he's going to cut it in half and give it to both ladies. And all of a sudden, you know, the one lady says, well, no, no, that's, that, you can let her have it. And he says, oh, well, you're the mom. And all of a sudden he's starting to realize, wow, this is... This is See, it's a great responsibility. It's a great honor, but it's a great responsibility. And he begins to judge rightly, and he begins to do these things, and he's seeing God's hand move in his life. No different than you. Revolutionary ideas and thoughts and faith that comes into your heart, then enthusiasm that comes behind that, excitement as you begin to do those things. But then all of a sudden, somewhere along the way, you're no different than me. The confidence that we have in God, we have to hold on to that. That confidence that says, every day he's going to lead me. Hebrews 10 says, that, that don't let go of that confidence. Don't let go of the confidence because you're going to have need of it. 
You're going to have need because you're going to be shaken. You're going to go through a storm. You're going to go through a place. You're going to come down to six days before you have to have $100,000. You're going to have to know that it's me. You're going to have to know what I'm saying. You're going to have to know that it's, man, you put yourself on the line out there. God, I, I, I've done everything you asked me to do. I put myself on the line here. I, 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 I trust you. Will you do what I ask you to do? Ah, man, there's six days, man. Yes, 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 yes. You don't make plan B. You don't go off and try to figure out what you're going to do when things don't happen. You don't go that down that direction. You get yourself straight. Those thoughts come. Those ideas come. That stuff, but those are distractions. Those are things that the enemy begins to send your way to distract you from the thing that God's put in your heart to do. And not that we're all called to, you know, 100% for the next six days, focus on the Sudan. But I, I'm just saying, it, that's just something that we're going through in this church. And that's where we are at this moment. And, you know, Solomon had things to do and he did them. But it's that confidence in God, that confidence that you've heard him, that confidence that not only has he planted this seed, he's given you enthusiasm, he's given you in, in, energy, he's given you excitement about this cause, that now all of a sudden I, faith begins to grow on the inside of you. Confidence in God brings faith in your life. You've stepped out before where you didn't think anything could happen. You stepped out before and said, okay, God, I trust you. I know, man, I know this is you. I'm going to go do it. And somebody said, well, how are you going to do it? You go, I don't know. But God said to, so I'm going to. Maybe it was in giving or maybe it was telling the doctor, you know what? I appreciate your opinion, but I'm standing on this. Maybe it was a, a relationship with a child or whatever it might be. But God has spoke something to your heart and you're not going to go back. You're not going to have another thought. You're not going to go a different direction. There's confidence that's building in your heart. Because you know it's him. But here's the thing. Distractions always come. And on Wednesday night, we talked just a little bit about Mary and Martha and the fact that Jesus came in Luke chapter 10 and he was sitting in their house. And as you read that verse, it seems very nice. And it, 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 I don't think there's anything wrong with what's happening in either direction. I just think you have unrealistic expectations maybe in this particular situation. Because it says that if you read this particular passage, it says, And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at the feet of Jesus, and she heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much. Even in his presence, Jesus is now in the house, and she is distracted in the presence of God. That's why in the mornings when you wake up and you say, God, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to read my book. I'm just going to sit here and read through my Bible reading, my daily, whatever that is. And all of a sudden you sit down and you think of 50 things that you need to do. At my house, I'm on the deck and I'm reading and I'm fighting squirrels. They're tearing my stuff up, man, and I don't like that. And so as I'm reading the Bible, I'm barely understanding or even paying attention to the words that are going through because out of the corner of my eye, I'm waiting for that tree to move. Because next to me is, is Daniel's airsoft gun, and it's a little machine gun that's battery-operated that shoots these little plastic BB things. And I'm telling this is not a lie. I'm reading, and all of a sudden that tree moves, man. I put that Bible down, and I pick up my little bitty <laughs> airsoft gun. And I have dialed it in now, man. I can, like, in about three BBs, man, I can get it all right on the squirrel. Man, that guy goes flying. He's out of my yard. I'm chasing him down at night. I'm looking out the window all morning. I mean, I guess there could be a message there, too, about keeping your eye out on the enemy. But I, I, I'm, I'm always, I, they look at me. I'm standing there. Like, I'll wake, I'll just get up 9 o'clock in the evening, and I'll go over and turn the light on and look out. Just waiting for that little guy to come. Because every time he comes, he's going to get a little... And they said, if you hit him, I said, I don't know, but he runs. 
But here I am. I'm like reading. I get like two paragraphs in, and I drop my Bible, man, and I'm like this. I'm distracted. Distractions come. And even in the presence of God, see, it says that, she, that, that Martha was distracted for all of that serving. And Jesus said, just choose the good part. That's what we talked about on Wednesday. Can you choose to be happy? Can you choose to be content? Can you choose to be victorious? Even where you stand today, you know the wisdom of God. You have revolutionary faith. You have enthusiastic faith. You're focused on what God's speaking to you and showing you and telling you to do. So now can we go on and shake off all the distractions? Because distractions happen. That, the, the word distraction just means to draw one's attention to a different object. To stir up confusion with conflicting emotions or motives. To disturb or greatly trouble the mind. The enemy doesn't have to get you there. He understands that he's probably not going to get you to bow down to another God, but he can get you distracted on your way to serving God. He can get you distracted on your way of doing what God asked you to do. Solomon didn't serve other gods. He went after other women, and it says in 1 Kings chapter 11, the guy who we just talked about had all the wisdom, all the riches, all the stuff. That guy got turned to other gods. I mean, he, he didn't just make a mistake. He, he went the full route. See, that was the thing that always got the children of Israel in trouble, when they worshiped other gods. Now, he told them not to do a whole bunch of stuff, and he got irritated, but there was nothing like them turning away. It says they turned away and worshiped other gods. That's when God got hot. That's when God got interested in making things rough for them. That's when he said, the blessing comes off, and now you're on your own. And see, Solomon was the wisest. See, he was the wisest person. You think you're wise. Uh Uh-uh, he was. He said, there will be nobody else like you in all the land. Now, we have the Holy Spirit alive on the inside of us, so I think we have the ability to be that wise. But this guy knew everything. It wasn't just about spiritual stuff. He understood about the stars and the land and how things worked and how things happened and how things grew. He was the smart guy. He was the guy who knew everything that God was speaking and telling, and he was the guy who God was blessing. But he served other gods. But he didn't go off and serve other gods. He started chasing after other women. And if you read in 1 Kings in chapter 11, that's what it says. It says, he went after other women, and the other women turned his hearts, his heart to other gods. It says, but King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Amabites, all those people from the nations of whom the Lord said, the children of Israel should not intermarry with them, nor should they with you. Surely they will turn your hearts. God spoke, surely they will turn your hearts to other gods. He said, listen, I'm just telling you, if you go that route, this is going to happen. And he Went that route, thinking, I'm sure, nah, that won't happen to me. Nah, just like us, nah, that won't happen to me. I can go hang out in the bar with those people. I'm all right. I haven't drank in a long time. You're going to drink. Eventually, you're going to do it because you're putting yourself in that position. See, Solomon didn't serve other gods. He went after other women, and those other women then turned his heart. It says, Solomon turned, he says it right here, it says, surely they will turn your hearts from, to other gods. Solomon clung to these in love, and he had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines, and his wives turned his heart away. See, he didn't have a problem. He was wise. He was smart. He could handle it. It was going to be okay. It wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't that big a problem. See, he can deal. It's just a little bit. It's all right. But see, God said, don't go there. And he said, eh, it's okay. I can handle it. I'm wise. I'm blessed. I can do this. I'm blessed. That's why you see people who fall from grace. You dabble enough and all that other stuff that you're not supposed to, you'll end up in the place you said you would never go. And we're all, we all have the opportunity to be, destruct, to, to, to be distracted. But that leads to destruction. 
in your life. And I'm not saying any of the things I'm about to talk about are, are really like, these are like God-awful distractions. You're not going after other women, you know, when I talk about some of these things. But some of these things are the, are the things that I deal with in my life that keep me distracted. I already talked about my squirrel. You know, I mean, I, I've tried everything. I tried, I've tried rat traps. Those things are smart, man. They know where everything is. They, I think they know how to do like combination locks. They're just, squirrels are smart. Then they start to irritate you, don't you? And all of a sudden, now I'm madder than heck. And if I could just get my hands on this thing. And I'm, I, I mean, he was, in the, he was in the road the other day, and I literally started speeding up, thinking, I'll take care of this right now. Because he's, now he's just running out in front of me like this in the road, like right in front of my house. I'm like, uh-huh. By the time I hit the gas and hang out the wheel with my gun, my little plastic BBs, it'll just ruin your mind, man. That's all I think about. It's like, I got to get rid of this squirrel. But you get distracted. It's all of this stuff. It's all of these things. You know, I mean, I want to work out, so I have all my weights. And so I'm trying to do it. And these are all things that I feel like God's put in my heart. God will put things in your heart, but then he'll tell you how to do it. My problem is I'm not listening as how to do it. I understand what I'm supposed to do, but I, I, I'm like the kids in school. I'm just putting out fire after fire after fire. I, n- I never take time to say, okay, God, now structure my life in a way that I can, I can fulfill all the things that you've called me to. Last week, you know, I shared that, you know, they came in and they wanted on Wednesday night, they wanted to go to, Elizabeth and Rachel wanted to go to Ikea and they wanted to go shopping up there for her dorm room. They wanted to go Friday or today. I, 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 have you ever been to the point where you've heard too many words? <laughs> I, I had heard too many words and I know they knew it because they looked at me and said, let's go. I hadn't even said anything. I just had to put my hands up here and I just looked at them. I couldn't even concentrate on what they were saying because there was just too much. And those words that they were speaking were just too many. And so they were hitting me and just falling on the desk. And I didn't even have an, I couldn't even, I couldn't even process it and say, well, sure, we'll talk about this later. That, I didn't even know. I just looked at them like this and rubbed my head. <laughs> because it's just too much. I just, I have another thing. And I'm behind in my Bible reading. Maybe, you know, right now I looked, I was 10 chapters behind. I thought, man, I've been doing really good, that squirrel, you know? And so now I got my Bible, man, and I'm like, now I got to see, now to, all day I'm thinking about if I could just read like, I'll read like half a chapter, you know, every half hour, and, and then I'll get caught up. And are you getting anything out of that? See, no, and you didn't get your weight. I got to work out, because look at me. I mean, I, I just, I got to go to the gym, and I got to do stuff, and I, I can't even carry all this. Then Daniel got a boat. So now I get to go skiing sometimes, and he wants to go up. He's going to the lake, aren't you, today? There you go. He's going to the, so I'll probably get a call somewhere around four o'clock. Says, Dad, why don't you drive up and, and we'll ride around in the boat and we'll go skiing. I said, oh, okay, I'll, I'll go skiing too. So now I got to take, I got the boat, you know, so I got to go do the boat thing and I, I got to work, make sure I work out and I got to catch up on my Bible reading because how am I, I going to do all these kind of, well, I can't even carry all of this stuff. So I better get a, don't you have like a bag? I've got four bags that I carry around with me and they're all full of all the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do. And so I've got my bag on now and I'm like, yo, I got to have that going on so you know i get my bag i got my ski rope i got my bible i got my weights because i got to work out and i'm doing all these things and i'm thinking well god we got to get this putt-putt thing on the road because you know i know you said to do this and i'm trying to read with that squirrel so if you could just take care of him for me you know i'd be all right i'd be happy and i'd be able to get back to whatever it is that i'm doing because i got to read these books too because he told me you know about this book on boundaries and and then he shared this book of petitions and well there goes my ski my ski rope and so I got to put that. I can't forget this stuff. See, it's, it, then these are all things that I feel like God's told me to do. So how can I do? How can I pay? This is all personal. I haven't even come in the door of the church yet. 
So you want to know why, like when they tell me things, the words just fall off my head. They don't go in. It's, it's my helmet of salvation protecting me. So I, I, like, I got all these books, and so I just, I mean, I got to put them in my bag because I can't feel bad, you know. Don't you start feeling bad? Because God said to read something, and you haven't read it, so all of a sudden you feel bad about yourself because you're not doing it. And in your Bible reading, man, that's just horrible. So then you stop coming to church because you don't want, I can't do that because I'm preaching. But um, maybe you do. And then, you know, I mean, I got golf, and I got all these things happening. So man, I got I to start playing some more golf. Right? I mean, I, you know, you can't not play golf and you play, so don't take this as like condemnation or nothing. But, you know, I mean, it's like, there's nothing wrong with playing golf. I love to play golf. I played once this year. So that's plenty. You know, and Caleb's always asking me, hey, hey. Oh, dropping stuff. It's all right. Caleb, Caleb called and said, hey, when I come on in, in August, maybe we can go play golf. Oh, yeah, sure. I ain't got nothing going on. We can do that. Thinking, wow. So we're going to play golf. And then, then you got all your family responsibilities and duties. And then I've got all the people here at the church asking questions. So now I'm juggling all of this stuff. And I'm trying to do what God told me to do. I'm trying to be good, see. And, and all of a sudden, you're distracted. And you never thought you'd quit. You never thought you'd give up. You not, see, I never thought that I, I would come to a place where I'd say, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I told you last week, six months in, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's not this. It's all of this. You know, I mean, you become distracted. And you begin to go away from the wisdom of God. And then all of a sudden, it's this kid's deal and that kid's deal and this thing's and work over here and this deal over here and that thing over there. And see, all of a sudden, we've, we've just, we're, we're trying. See, you're not overburdened. I'm, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm not overburdened. If, if. See, I, I know the wisdom of God. And if I live in the center of his will, and if I do as he's called me to do, and if I'll ask him, God, then what do you want me to do with all of these things? See, how do you want me to? He's already begun to show me how to deal with all of this. And then we come here, and Elizabeth and I are the pastors of the church. And then all of a sudden, there's a building. And then all of a sudden, there's a sedan. And there's $100,000 for putt-putt. And all of these things have just come here. And all of you asking me questions and, and just wanting to be a part and wanting to help. If you want to help me, kill my squirrel. <laughs> Rod, I've seen you take care of those skunks out of Buck's house. Come over and shoot that AK-47 or whatever you got. I give you permission to kill that stupid squirrel. Don't give me 19 ideas. I've tried them all. But here's the thing. God never meant for us to be distracted. The devil did. He never meant for all of those things. See, you, I, I know that God told me you need to eat right and you need to work out. So that is his will. That is his wisdom. So there is a way for that to happen. I know God said that we're supposed to raise $100,000 for this sedan through this puppet. So there's a way. There's, it's his wisdom. It's his will. So there, he will show us, not me, us. He will show us how to do that. See, there's a way for me to be able to go and enjoy myself with my kids on his boat. There's a way for us to be able to do the things that God has for us to do in this church once we get past the things that are happening on Saturday. Because then there's a container, and then there's a Stanley, and then there's, a, there's, all, there's, there's things that are happening all over the place. But God will put those things in your heart, and the thing that we have to do is what it says in Hebrews in chapter 12. Get rid of the weights. Get rid of the sin. Get rid of the stuff that so easily ensnares us. It says in 1 Peter 5, cast the care. Cast the care on, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Cast the care on him because he loves you. Pastor Bill's taught for years, and we have as well in class and everything else, that the word care means merimna in the Greek. And it means to divide, it comes from the two words. The first word means to divide, and the second one means the mind. And if you put them together and form merimna, it means to divide the mind. 
God's told me very explicitly how to deal with all of these things. It's to keep things compartmentalized so that I can focus on the things. See, I can focus on the things that he's called me to focus on at that moment. I'm very easy to divorce that thing and go to the next thing. I'm very easy to forget that thing then and go to the next thing. My problem is I want to do it all at the same time. And God will give you a plan. His wisdom, his will will give you the opportunity to be confident that you won't be distracted, that your mind won't be going. You won't be sitting on the deck when God says to read or God says to pray or God says to talk to that person and you get distracted. You're driving on your way or you're picking up the phone and all of a sudden you remember you hadn't fed the dogs. So you put the phone down, you feed the dogs. All of those distracting thoughts all come. But it says to cast our care. Don't be anxious beforehand about daily life. See, when you wake up in the morning and you're anxious about what's happening, you're taking the care. And we have to learn that when the care comes, when the thought comes, when that stuff comes that causes us to be anxious, we cast the care and we ask for his wisdom. Get rid of the care and take his wisdom. It's your choice. It's my choice. Peter got out of the boat in Matthew chapter 14. He walked on the water. He did what Jesus said to do. Jesus said, come. He came. He went right out of the boat and said, all right. But when he turned his eyes away, when he averted his attention, when he became distracted by all the things that he saw in the water, see, when that happened, then he began to sink. He was doing the impossible. He was doing the miraculous. He was walking on the water. But he was focused on Jesus, and he had the wisdom. He said, if that's you, tell me to come out there. And he said, come on out here, So he's been invited, and Jesus has said, come. And he knows that's the truth. He knows that's the wisdom of God. So out of the boat boat he goes. That's revolutionary. That is a new idea to walk on that water. But he did it. He was going to go out there enthusiastically. You know, Peter, he's impetuous. He jumped out of the boat, walked out to Jesus, and was like, wow, and then looked around and went, oh. Don't get out there in faith and then look around and see all the issues. God didn't call you out in their face so you'd have issues. There'll be issues. There'll be storms. There'll be waves. There'll be stuff. But don't get drawn to the stuff. Don't get drawn to the waves. Don't get drawn away from the thing that God spoke in your heart. And if he's given you different things like he has, he's given given you all these things. He spoke to me about all these things. But he's got a plan and he's got a way for all these things to happen. For me, for you, for us. But we have to get rid of the cares. We can't keep them. We have to get rid of the distractions and the weights and the stuff that keeps us back. We can't keep them. In Hebrews 12, and I'll read this again, it's in the message. Because we have to focus on Jesus. That's the key. That's the key. Peter got out of the boat. He focused on Jesus. Things were good. Miraculous, the impossible. How many want to do the impossible? The revolutionary ideas and thoughts, the dreams and things that he's put in your heart. They're impossible or you would be doing them. They're impossible to you. They're impossible to me. It's impossible to walk on water, but it's possible with God. It says with man, all things may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. See, all things are possible with him. And it says when you read this and that, well, then how do I do it? You know, that's the cry. That's my cry. That's your cry. That's, we, we say, well, then how can we do it? How can we not be distracted? How can we live in this wisdom? How can we live in this place like Solomon? Where, see, all of we talk about the goodness of God flowing in and out. Solomon was receiving things but giving things, and he was constantly receiving wisdom and giving wisdom and receiving money and giving gold. And, I mean, he was constantly flowing through all of this stuff before he got distracted. It's no different for you, and it's no different for me. And all of a sudden, our stuff is dried up, or all of a sudden, our joy is dried up, or all of a sudden, our peace is dried up, or all of a sudden, something's dried up in our life. We probably got distracted. 
Go back and focus. That's why, you know, in the beginning, you say, love Jesus. I mean, you just got to love Jesus. He'll take you day to day. It says, though, do you see what this means? All of these pioneers who blazed the way, all of these veterans cheering us on, it means that we'd better get on with it. We'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. It says in the Message Bible, to keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in, study, it says, how he did it. Study. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. The exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. See, he never stopped. He stayed focused from the beginning of time that he was going to die on that cross, and he never deviated from that plan until the end. People didn't deviate him. Situations didn't deviate him. All the stuff that was happening around him did not deviate him from the plan that God put in his heart. And that plan was to die for us. And thank God he didn't deviate from it. He had the same opportunity that Solomon did. He had the same opportunity that you and I did. He had the same things that came against him, the same distractions. He sat on the garden, was tempted by the enemy. After 40 days of fasting and not eating, he was tempted by the enemy, the slyest and the slickest one around. And yet he replied with, it is written, it is written, it is written. This is the word and this is the will of God and I will follow the word and I will follow the will and I will not bow down to what you have for me to do. There was a shortcut involved that said, man, all you got to do is bow down and I'll get away. If you'll just bow down to me for a moment, I'll give you all that stuff that you've come for. I'll give you everything. You'll have all the kingdoms and it'll all be done. We can end this thing right here and right now. If you'll just bow down to me for a second, if you'll just bow down to me right now, then I'll get out of the way and you can have everything, he said. If you'll just do that. And he said, uh-uh. I'm not going to take the shortcut. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. That was the last test. That was the last thing. He said, I'm not going to take the short way. I'm going to go all the way. Go all the way with what he's put in your heart. Focus on Jesus. Fix your attention, it says, to him. Concentrate on him. If you focus something, it also not just makes you focus on where you're going concentration-wise. When you focus things, doesn't it also make it more clear? That when you look in a microscope and you've got one eye closed and your eyelashes are smashing up against that thing and you finally find out how to look in there, you turn that thing and it dials it right in. I've got binoculars for when I'm looking for my squirrel, and i got to make sure they're just right, right? And then if I can't see the squirrel, I dial that thing in because he's farther away, and I focus in. I'm not, now I'm concentrating on it, but I'm also making it more clear. When you focus on Jesus, you don't just become concentrated. Everything becomes more clear as well. Doesn't all the stuff just kind of go away? It's like spiritual Calgon, right? Calgon, take me away. If you're young, you don't know that commercial, but if you're a little older, you, you, you get that. You know, all the stuff happening all around you, but Cal, you can focus in on that thing. No distractions. And I just encourage you today, you know, don't be distracted. God has things for you. He has stuff for you to do. You have daily responsibilities, and most of the stuff that I talk about are just personal responsibilities that he's given me. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with a call. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with a dream. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with, with, with what he's put in your heart revolutionary-wise to do. But I still have to see. You still have to be able to live life and be enthusiastic. You still have to be able to do the things that he's called you to do in your daily life. But, but be that person in Matthew eleven twelve that says, I'm violently taking it by force. That I'm going after what God told me to go after. I like to have my life in order. So when things are, are chaotic and not in order, that, 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 that really bothers, that, that starts to bother me. Well, I only have me to blame. I get mad at everybody else. <laughs> 
but it's only me to blame because God will order your day. He'll order your life. He'll structure where you are. He'll speak to you. He'll show you. And when I get cantankerous, it's probably because I haven't listened. You know, what we said last week, you know, out of Proverbs in chapter 4, we said, get wisdom, sit at my knee and get wisdom. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says the same thing. Incline your ear to my saying. Give yourself all of the things that I'm speaking to you are health to your bodies. And we think, okay, well, I've got the plan. And he says, no, no, no. I want every day. I want every moment of the day. I've got a plan for you today, noon. I've got a plan for you tomorrow at 5 o'clock. I've got a plan for you at 6.30, Wednesday. I've got a plan for you on Thursday at 10 o'clock in the morning. You're going to love it, but you've got to be there. And you're thinking, well, tell me what it is today. And he goes, no, I'm going to tell you Thursday morning. Because he loves it when you wake up in the morning and you want to go sit with him and you want to say, what do you have for me today? See, it's about loving Jesus and what he has for you to do. It doesn't take away from your family. It doesn't take away from your kids or your wife. It doesn't take away from your job. It adds to your kids. It adds to your wife. It adds to your job. It gives me an opportunity to spend time with Elizabeth in a way that I'm not focused on all the rest of the stuff. It gives me a chance to sit at the lake with Daniel in his boat and let them all go tube and do all that fun stuff and have a great time with them and not be distracted, not get to the end of the race and then be 25 years old and me like, oh, crud. I never spent any time. See, the devil tells you you're not spending enough time with your kids. They'll never remember it. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. I did all of this and raised them. I worked, I worked here at night Almost um, four nights a week, I was here. VBI, running VBI and doing stuff. I taught all day. I coached golf. I, I did all that stuff. I had a wonderful woman who took care of some things for me. But I, 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 those kids, man, we are, we are tight. I don't regret any of that stuff. You won't regret it. You won't miss it. God will, God will pour into you those moments and those times and those pieces where it's even more. We have, we have bonds that can't be broken. That can't be broken because we decided, you know what? Forget it, man. We'll just do what God said, period. Mm-hmm. That's right. We had the same situations you had. We have a marriage just like you have. We've gone through those things. There's been tons of distractions that come, but we've both had to get to a point where we said, this is what God said. This is what we're going to do, and God will make a way. We don't make any more money, but God's given us opportunity to go away together, and he's given us time to spend in the mornings together, and he's given us Friday. He's given us... He'll do those things for you. See, all of the goodness, all of the great... I am having the greatest time. I may be a little burdened at times, but i got to forget about that stuff. Cast the cares. I love my life. Do you love your life? Don't be distracted. Do you love your life? Do you love what God's put in you? Do you love, do you love who he created you to be? That's important because you got to love you before you love Jesus. So stand up today. I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray that you have the wisdom of God. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.